man, oh man, oh man. This loving your neighbor thing is some hard A dollar sign, dollar sign work. I'm just saying. <laughs> it is. And the, the expert, the so-called expert, was being very human when he asked Jesus to kind of clarify what this law meant. Some of the gospel writers call this person a scribe or a rich wrangler. But the whole idea then and now, I think, is we want to do the right thing. I mean, most of us really want to do the right thing. Everybody in here except for me really wants to. <laughs> no, we really want to do the right thing. And in that context, the kind of how do you keep these codes, how do you keep these laws, these 613 laws, what does it look like to keep them? Not 10, 613. So there was a whole business around helping people understand how to keep the law, how to thread that needle, how to get in there, how to do the thing, but maybe not do the full thing, how to wrestle with the thing, but to be good enough with the thing. That's, that's why you all are here today, aren't you? You want to do the right thing. You come in the summer heat to figure out how we're going to make our lives, how we're going to order our steps in the word, dear Lord, how we're going to find the way to be our most just, most righteous, most loving selves. And also, we want to know what not to do. We want to know what not to do. So here is Jesus telling this story to explain to the expert what love looks like. The law says... Jesus isn't pulling this out of his hat. It's, De it's Deuteronomy and it's Leviticus that Jesus is, is turning the rich young expert to, if you will. And he knows. Love God with all the things. Love God with all of yourself. Your heart, your soul, your might, your strength. All of it. Love God with all of that. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Love them equally. This is what it is. Who's the neighbor? This is the loophole. Who's my neighbor? Hmm. Who is my neighbor? Those pregnant people who want, who need, who desire an abortion. Are they my neighbor? Yes. Yes. The 10-year-old girl in Ohio My niece is 10. Her body is so little, so athletic, real. <laughs> She'll be 11 in a few weeks. She's so tiny. To be impregnated by somebody would destroy her little womb. But the, the horrible, accidental something where an egg and a sperm meet inside that 10-year-old's little body and takes hold and thrives and lives for six weeks and the people in Ohio don't want that neighbor to have an abortion? Is she their neighbor? Are the parents of the trans child just trying to come out to be who they believe they are? Are those parents our neighbor? Is the baby who's just trying to wrestle to identity our neighbor? Are the houseless people on the streets in California, in San Francisco, our neighbor? Yes. 
Are the children walking through the encampment of the houseless people? Are those children our neighbors? Are the people disenfranchised from the vote in Georgia and around the country, are they our neighbors? Are the gay people who can still get married on a Saturday and have to hide who they love on a Monday, are they our neighbors? Are the Asian aunties who feel their lives in threat because they're Asian and we're still dealing with the stupid A double <laughs> stupid ass Asian flu crap, are they our neighbors? Jesus' word is challenging to those folks and challenging to us now. And he tells the story, the story of neighbor, by picking an outsider to star in the drama. The Samaritan was to the Jews then as maybe for some Christians, Muslims are now, or Buddhists are now, or atheists are now, or even lefties like us are now. They were outside of the frame. They did not belong in the middle. They were not in the center. And the Jewish people, who had been marginalized themselves, they were marginalized themselves, let's not misunderstand that, also had a feeling about mixed race people as being even more marginalized, right? So Jesus picks up the story of a marginalized other, a, a mixed race from the mixed race yucky places, other as the one who stars in the drama of this is what love looks like. That in itself is Jesus being radical, revolutionary in his teaching. Because what you think is unclean, I'm telling you, they know how to do it, baby. And, and in this reframing of inside, outside, clean, unclean, the two people who walk by, the injured man, are clean people, so to speak. They're religiously upright people. Do you feel what I'm trying to say? The priest is an upright leader, and the Levite is an upright spiritual leader. So there's a little criticism doing, Jesus is doing right there of his own people, of his own religious people, right? The, the, the religiousness by itself did not make them right. That wasn't what made the thing right. What made the thing right was love that was sacrificial. What made the thing right was going to the unclean place. The, the, the bleeding man was unclean by Jewish standards. What made the Samaritan radical and revolutionary in his love was he stepped into the mess to do the right thing, inconvenience to do the right thing, put his own cleanliness nature in, at risk to do the right thing. Jesus teaches that the way we love, the way to love, is to go to where the beaten down, stripped, naked, left to die person is and do something about it. Uh, that requires sacrifice. It requires taking a journey to the place where we're not comfortable. It requires stepping out on the edge of where we feel we belong, to go to the beaten down by economic despair, 
to go to the beaten down by disenfranchisement, to go to the imprisoned, to go to the sick, to go to the border, to go to the left out, to go to the lost, to go to the yucky, yucky, icky people who we don't really think fit in our frame. To the 10-year-old who's pregnant, to the queer person who's just trying to love their lives, to the black life that still doesn't matter, 60 bullets in your body because you ran away. What in the hell? To go to the place where the non-just, righteous, faithful, Christian, straight, white, hegemonic people live, to go past that to the borderlands where people are trying to do the right thing. Do you hear what I'm saying, my friends? Individually, we might think to ourselves, I don't know what that kind of love looks like. I mean, conceptually, would you ever really like pick up the broken person and take them to an inn and pay the bill? Would you really do that? Would you do it if you had the chance to do it? I don't know, but it happened to me. You've heard my story of the good Canadian who saw a broken, beaten, Afro-having, blood-smeared chick who had had a car accident and did, in fact, put me in her car, crazy white lady, drive me to the hotel, pay the bill, right? Pick me up the next morning, take me to get a car, feed me. She crossed all the boundaries to get to me, to love me. It happens. People take those kinds of risks, that crazy, radical, ridiculous kind of love. They love that way. And to bring it closer to home, let me tell it's on my grandchild, Ophelia. <laughs> Ophelia. <laughs> <laughs> Who at four is a grown woman. Her little brother, Octavius, is loved this fierce, revolutionary way by his big sister. They were outside in the park getting those balloon animals made, and she brought him a pink one. Nope, her a pink one, him a blue one. And as soon as they started playing sword fight with the balloons, his broke, and his face broke. And just as his face was breaking, just as he was preparing to do the two-year-old howl, because <laughs> there's a lot of it up in there when you're two, and you cannot believe the balloon is broken. She looked at her balloon and gave Octavius her pink balloon sword. And then he played with her toy and she just used her hands. I think that's pretty freaking revolutionary at four because <laughs> there's a lot of it when you're four too. But there's some way that her parents are curating kindness, like we're curating kindness in our kids. And she loves him fiercely, too. He gets out of line and she'll go, no, thank you, Octavius. <laughs> Which she's being taught by her parents as well. What I'm saying is fierce love, our loving this way, doesn't mean everything goes. It means we get to tell the truth in love to one another as well, right? But middle family, this is our calling, you know? We get, can get stuck in like whether we should be pro-abortion or, or pro-choice or pro-life or all the pros. And I don't, I could say, I don't really care 
<laughs> what you think about that. You get to choose what you think about that. That's what it means to have choice. But we don't get to choose somebody else's choice about what they do with their body. We don't get to do that. We don't get to Christianize America with a warped sense of Jesus' teachings. When his teaching is love God, love neighbor, love self, everything else is commentary. We need to sit down and be quiet and let America be the multi-faith, multicultural, love all the different kinds of ways, place it is, in freedom and in joy and in love. We don't get to push our agenda on a nation that is filled with Jews and Muslims and Buddhists and Zoroastrians and atheists and agnostics and Unitarians. <laughs> That's not what we were called to do. We were called to go to the border like you did, middle family, and stand up for the disenfranchised. We're called to go to the places where there's disenfranchisement and walk down Fifth Avenue in the heat and stand up for our queer siblings. We're called, we're called to make a way for little children to find out who they are and be fully who they are and to be known and seen and loved for who they are. We're called to create a context in which all of our children will understand the history and story of race and bigotry and anti-Semitism in this country and get well because they learn it and know it. We're called to that. We're called to make sure that everybody who can vote gets to vote. That's what we're called to. And we're called to never, ever, never, ever, ever pretend that Jesus wasn't political with his political behind. <laughs> Feeding the people, healthcare without a card. <laughs> Hello? Dealing with systems and structures to make sure that his culture was safe for all the folks. That's called politics, people, which is about the people. This is the religion of Rabbi Jesus, whether you call him friend, savior, coach, mentor, prophet, the religion of Jesus, the Christ, the religion of Yeshua ben Joseph is the religion of love, period. Love, period. We have to love this way, putting our self-interest aligned with the self-interest of those on the outside, using our financial resources to make this world a better place, and throwing ourselves into the place where someone needs to be rescued and to say, here I am, God, use me. So, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna keep on loving hard. And it's hard. And we need every single one of you in this movement so we can move the needle from unjust to just. Because love corrects everything that stands against justice. Middle family. 
That's our job. May it be so. Amen. Amen.